Can the Bears come to Ford Field and make this thing interesting? Lauren Cox, Matt Derry coming up with a crossover. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's do this, everybody. Matt and Lauren with you. Locked on Lions, Locked on Bears. Thursday crossover right here on the Locked on Podcast Network on a Thursday, November 16th and a Friday, November 17th. Friday shows coming up tomorrow as we get you ready for Lions and Bears here on both Locked on Lions and Locked on Bears. Sunday at Ford Field. The Thursday crossover, as always, brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. You go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. And use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Seven win Lions in first place at seven and two. Bears, of course, have three victories. And apparently, Lauren Cox getting a Justin Fields back. What does that uh, What does that mean to you uh, for the game Sunday at Ford Field? Yeah, that's definitely the, the big storyline everyone's watching in Chicago right now. Full participant in practice on Wednesday. That was kind of the last hurdle they needed to see that all right, the grip strength is where it needs to be with the thumb. They didn't end up needing to do surgery despite some level of dislocation in there, but popped it back in, let the tendons all heal up, and he should be good to go. And it's a question of, like, what level of Justin Fields do we get with him coming back? Because he's had four games now to see Tyson Bajant operate this offense a little bit differently than than Justin does. Bajant was much more of a, you know, quick trigger check down, throw it underneath and take what the defense gives you kind of guy with, with some mobility, but Justin wants to take those shots downfield, wants to go for the big play, maybe wants to hold onto the ball a little bit longer to let one of those big plays happen. So are we going to see Justin come back in and be the same kind of Justin Fields he's been, which has been up and down over the course of his career, or can he settle in a little bit more having some time away from the lineup to sort of see the offense run differently and reflect and maybe take some of those strengths of from Bajans and then, add them to what he does well as a quarterback and try and find a little bit more of a balance and really use these last seven games of the season to prove whether he's the guy for the long term or not. It's interesting, right? With, with, with Bajent, uh, he was the hero right away when they got that win over the Raiders and everybody was going gaga over him. And then obviously water sort of found its level a little bit, but now that fields is coming back, is, is it still split in that town? Or is it like, look, we don't want fields. We don't want Bajent. We want Caleb Williams or JJ McCarthy or somebody else. Yeah, it's there's there's not much of a Bajent field split anymore, but the split is definitely like fields versus rookie quarterback. So, I mean, Bajent had five turnovers against the New Orleans Saints a couple weeks ago, and that really kind of elevated. I guess he had four. The team had five. That really kind of ended any quarterback controversy. It was like, yeah, okay, like Bajent's exciting and fun and, and talented, but he's not a starter right now, and maybe maybe never. But it's not you know he's not ready to be the guy just yet, which is totally reasonable. He's an undrafted free agent, but it ended, ended a lot of the QB controversy there. And unfortunately, like, you know, Bajan gets wins against a bad Raiders team that fired their coach and now a bad Panthers team that might fire their coach. And Justin Fields has to come back to play the Detroit Lions. First place, you know, really playing well right now. And it's going to, so Fields is coming back into a much more difficult situation that is really going to be a, a struggle from here that I think won't bode well for his long-term future. All right, Lauren, the storyline here in Detroit is the defense. Yes, the Lions are 7-2. and two. Absolutely first place, feeling good. Man, the offense hummed last uh, Sunday in L.A., putting up 41 points. People are excited about 
just everything that this offense is bringing to the table and how Jared Goff is playing. We talked to, um, uh, you know, we were talking to some folks from PFF this week and just just about everything that's gone on with Jared Goff and how number, now right now he is the, the, the number one ranked quarterback for pro football focus uh, in the entire NFL. I mean, it's been it's been that good, but the defense has just been brutal uh, uh, against good quarterbacks. Now, again, this is Justin Fields, Paula Fields, as you know, I like to call him. This is not Lamar Jackson. This is not Justin Herbert. It's not Patrick Mahomes. It's not even Geno Smith who lit up the Lions in week two. So what adjustments will Aaron Glenn make? Will they get some push up front? No sacks this past week. And I know how good Herbert is. Brad Spielberg from PFF talked about it on Tuesday um, with us. Just about, hey, if Herbert's great against pass rush, he gets away and everything else and all the stats that the folks from Pro Football Focus bring you. But Lions have got to find somebody opposite of Aiden Hutchinson that can get some some quarterback hits can get some pressures in there. They've signed Bruce Irvin, who I know had a cup of coffee with the Bears. Um, we'll see if that makes any bit of a difference. He's 36 years old, but that's pretty, pretty much the storyline here is everybody expects Alliance to win Sunday, obviously. But what about the defense? Will Fields be able to go off and run and do his thing? Will there be another shootout? Uh, that's a storyline to kind of keep an eye on. I know that anytime the Lions have really suffered defensively and played poorly in a game, like I said, Seattle, they bounce back the next week. Ravens bounce back the next week. Now it's the Chargers. Well, they bounce back this week. It's, it's something interesting to watch for this Sunday. Well, I remember like that Lions defense question was kind of the big problem last year. And the big thing going into the offseason was like, let's fix this Lions defense. They use first round pick, second round pick on key players in that on that back seven and you know, invested some free agent dollars at a few spots to kind of fill some holes here. Why? Why hasn't it been better? Yeah, I, I think it's been better. Don't get me wrong. I think it's been better than it was a year ago when you and I talked. But, you know, the additions of Brian Branch, uh, the linebacking core with Alex Anzalone kind of quarterbacking it has has, in, has been an upgrade. Um, you know, Jerry Jacobs is playing well. They've just had a lot of injuries on that back end. Uh, Mosley never really played all year and then got hurt again. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's a big loss. Um, they thought they were adding some guys on the interior of that defensive line. You know, outside of Aline McNeil, there's nobody there that really scares you. They thought getting Onzerike back, drafting Broderick Martin, they'd be better. Jack Campbell's been okay, but I'm not sure they know what role he's going to play. If is he a, is a guy that's blitzing off the edge, or is he that middle linebacker, that Mike linebacker that they want? They're not sure yet. And he's had some good games and some bad games. I think some of it is injury, certainly. Cam Sutton's been a great addition. He had a brutal game this past Sunday. This is the worst he's played uh, as a Lion. So I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, but just when they've been, when they, they've been pretty good. I mean, week one against Mahomes, they were good and, and they've had good game. They've had games, you know, that they didn't allow a hundred yard rusher for like six, seven weeks, but when they're bad, they've been real bad. Like I said, embarrassed by the Ravens, embarrassed by the chargers. He gave up 38 points of over 450 yards last week and one. Um, and of course Seattle got him too. But other than that, the other games against the bad teams, and here comes another one this week, no offense, <laughs> right? They, they've been, bro, they've been okay. So upgraded better but when it's been bad it's been bad yeah no no offense taken we know where this bears team <laughs> you know at least you know last year we saw these two teams play a close game early in that season matchup i don't know if i'm quite ready to get there with this, with this one just yet but you know we saw fields not be able to pass against this, this struggling lions defense last year but did run all over them and it does seem like the lions defense has been better against mobile quarterbacks this year it seemed like lamar jackson was beating them more with his arm than his leg in that game 
Yeah, I mean, I would say that this will be a good test this week because of what Justin Fields can really do running, running the football. Not to say Lamar can't or Herbert can't or even Geno Smith, but if they're calling design runs for him, how will the Lions be able to kind of uh, handle that situation and, and, and do their thing? That, that will be interesting. Um, you know, when we get to the matchups, we'll talk about it. But I know one thing the Lions are certainly keeping their eye on is what the Bears are doing defensively against the run. That, I think, is their biggest concern over anything else because when the Lions run the football with, with I almost said DeAndre Swift, with Jameer Kibbs <laughs> and with your guy David Montgomery, and we'll get into that, um, I think they've been they've been really good. So we'll see where all this goes. I want to get into more of this with Lauren Cox, Matt Derry with you, and Lauren Cox, Locked on Lions, Locked on Bears. Let's get some matchups. We'll do that coming up next. we got to tell you, though, about our friends at DoorDash. It is simple. If there's any kind of food or even groceries or anything that you want, when it comes to a football Sunday, why would you leave your house? Why would you think about anything else but utilizing DoorDash? Did the game go to a timeout? Time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? Ordering time for DoorDash. Two-minute warning, same thing. You got it. That's your time to order in with our friends at DoorDash, whether it's pizza, wings, soda, burgers, wherever. I always talk about it here on Lockdown Lions. When I want National Coney Island and I want to leave, don't want to leave the house, that's why I call to get DoorDash. If you're in Chicago, it's Portillo's, it's Manny's, it's whatever it is. Those are two of my favorites in Chicago. Get it from DoorDash. Chips, dips, nachos, everything you need, you get from DoorDash. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app, enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms do apply. All right, Matt and Lauren with you. Locked on Lions, Locked on Bears. It is the Thursday crossover, the first of two times that DeLorean Cox and I will uh, chat about this matchup. Chicago coming in with uh, three wins at three and six. Lions, of course, at seven and two. All right, matchup-wise, Lauren, what, what catches your attention? What are you looking at uh, when we do a deeper dive here? You mentioned the Bears' run defense against the Lions' run offense, and I'll, I'll leave that one for you, but I think – both running games in both directions against both run defenses are going to be really interesting to me that the bears have been able to consistently run the ball all season with a variety of different backs, all finding success back there. Lately, it's been Deontay Foreman, formerly of the Carolina Panthers, who's been kind of their lead guy. Well, Khalil Herbert has been on injured reserve. There's a chance Herbert returns for this game for his first time since going on IR. So what that rotation would look like, I'm not sure, but I don't think he would be, getting the Lions, the Lions share the carry. Sorry, pun not intended there. I'm sure you guys do it all the time. Yeah. But, um, but so I, th I still think Foreman is going to be the guy who gets the bulk of it, even if Herbert does return. And then the rookie out of Texas, Roshan Johnson's kind of their third down back. They love him in pass protection as a receiver out of the backfield. And like that has been so critical for Tyson Bagent over these last four games is running the ball well and really staying ahead of the sticks so that you're in second and seven and, and, and third and four instead of, third and 12 and second and 12, like Justin Fields has had for a lot of the early portion of this season. So if the bears can, you know, they don't have to dominate in the ground game by any means. It doesn't have to be 150 yards rushing, but if they could just consistently get a push up there and take a little bit of the pressure off of Justin Fields that way, it can really go a long way. But I, I look and see Detroit's only had one game where they've allowed over hundred yards rushing to a team. And that was Baltimore. But other than that, they've been pretty, pretty stout in that, in that department, but the bears haven't really been fully stopped in that department either. It's just been games that the bears abandon the run because they're losing by three touchdowns on the scoreboard. It's interesting because like you said, Herbert got hurt. Johnson got hurt earlier in the year. There were a couple of guys, uh, other guys that you had out, you, you get Foreman off the street basically. And um, he's been decent, right? He's been pretty good. And, and I know he's, he's caught some touchdowns as well. 
And that, I think, just opens things up for fields to just breathe. You know, you're coming into a hostile environment like Ford Field. The crowd's going to be crazy. They were crazy a couple of weeks ago for the Raider game. Josh Jacobs and company didn't get anything going. Then the Lions went and attacked and blitzed Jimmy G in the second half, and then it was lights out. Um, but if you start getting some chunks on the ground and Herbert comes back or even Foreman's carrying some tacklers like he did a year ago, Lions played in Carolina against the Panthers late last season and Foreman lit him up. So they've seen him before. That, I think, will just take some pressure off the quarterback just to, to kind of relax a little bit. And I know he needs to do that, right, Lauren? Yeah, that's definitely where he gets into trouble sometimes is is when he has to do a little bit too much or it feels like, okay, like I the team needs me to make a big play here. And then oftentimes he does successfully, you know, with his legs, especially r- ripping off some miraculous run where he breaks three tackles and is on his way down the sideline. But there's other times too where, you know, the the arm, the ta- the trust in the arm is just a little bit more than they need. And sometimes he's trying to do too much. And if, if you just take the easy thing that the defense gives him to him there, like he can let his playmakers do some of the work there. But when he's when he passes on the easy stuff to try for something greater and then he's holding on to the ball too long and it's just it starts to f- fall apart a little bit there. That's when they run into trouble. I think for me, looking at this, the, the matchups, a couple of them, number one, you and I were talking off air, but Lions trying to run the football, which they've done successfully pretty much all year, whether Montgomery's been there or not. Um, but this Andrew Billings, uh, nice free agent signing by, uh, by chef polls and, uh, one that, one that worked actually, he seems to be playing really well on that nose tackle in that nose tackle spot. And I want to watch him and Frank rag now do battle. The lions have, have the last few weeks just absolutely moved bodies in the run game, whether it was the Raider game a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, you know, Max Crosby did his thing, but but otherwise the interior alignment for, for Vegas didn't do much. And this past Sunday, I mean, the interior of the Lions offensive line, especially Glasgow, Ragnow, uh, and Jonah Jackson just absolutely torched the Chargers interior D linemen and D tackles, pushed them back. Uh, this kid just seems like Billings. Tell me about this. I mean, it's a, kind of an under, under the radar signing right away from Cincinnati and already they've extended him. He's playing great. Yeah, Andrew came in right away and like he was even generating some pass rush early in the season from a, you know, 340 pound nose tackle in the middle because no one else was generating much of a pass rush. So he was welcomed in that in that way as well. But no, he's just he's stout and physical. And what he does is keeps the linebackers behind him so much more free. Like you're not necessarily seeing Billings split the double team all the time and, and make a big tackle for a loss. But, you know, if you're trying to move him down the line of scrimmage on you know stretch zone plays, like he moves well enough for his size. that You're not just going to outrun him and then kind of you know use his size against him in that regard and of course he's big and strong enough that if you're going to run gap scheme at him he's going to at least hold up at that point of attack and not let you just kind of quickly pass up a double team and move on to someone else so it's it's a lot of dirty work from billings but it's been working very effectively for them and i think it's a key to how these linebackers have been able to play really well despite you know now tremaine edmonds their big free agent signing a linebacker he's been hurt the last couple of weeks not expecting him to be back yet quite for this game but Without him, Jack Sanborn and TJ Edwards have been really solid and getting a lot of plays made, and especially in the running game. Like passing game is where you see them miss tackles a lot more than in the running game. Like downhill, when the play is being drawn out in front of them and they can kind of see where the direction of the play is going to go, they've been really solid, like across the board as a front seven. I want to see DJ Moore against uh, Cam Sutton as well. Sutton had his worst game, like I said earlier, last last week against Keenan Allen, who just lit him up. And he wasn't even out there the whole game. Keenan Allen had a leg injury at, at some portions of the second half, yet still at 13 catches or whatever it was. And, you know, DJ Moore, I know, has had some big games, certainly. And he, he's certainly the Bears' top target and a guy to keep an eye on and a reason why Chicago went out and got him. I want to watch Cam Sutton bounce back. I want to see that matchup. It would uh, just be something to, to watch. And certainly 
you know, the offense changes a little bit with fields, more of a, a running threat than, than Bajan. But um, would you say more has been, you know, an A, a B, a C, how would you grade him so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at DJ Moore to have a bigger game this week than he has the last handful of weeks. Like early on in the season, or like, like in the middle of early portion of the season, like he had a couple of really big games against Denver and Washington, uh, back-to-back games, 130 yards and 230 yards and three touchdowns that second game. The moment Justin Fields goes out, though, DJ Moore's production drops off drastically, and he's averaged about 50 yards a game over the last five games that Field has been either hurt during or not playing in. And I think it's largely because Tyson Bajant spent all offseason as the fourth quarterback at training camp and DJ Moore and Justin Fields spent all offseason attached at the hip, trying to throw together as much as possible and build that connection. And so when, when Fields goes out, Moore doesn't have that same connection with the quarterback. And I think Fields comes in and it's going to be again, okay, where's DJ Moore? Where's my guy? How can I go back to him as, I don't know if you'd say like the security blanket per se, but definitely the preferred go-to option that you would expect the number one wide receiver in this, in this offense to go. So like, more plus fields has been an A, but more minus fields has been, you know, more like a C or maybe a B. But, you know, what do you expect when a Division two quarterback gets thrown to him? Like not, not really disappointed in DJ Moore at all. It's just sort of understandably a drop-off when, when the quarterback level drops off a little bit too. It's interesting. I was listening to the game on the radio when the Bears played the Saints and the Bears, had, you know, moved down the first possession, I think moved right down the field and scored and and had some success offensively in that game other than the turnovers. Um, but even Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, who are phenomenal on Bears radio, um, we're kind of talking about where's DJ Moore? Let's get him, let's get him going. It's almost like you don't call his name and you forget. And they spent, uh, they spent a nice, you know, chunk of change in terms of draft picks and everything else and all the maneuvering to get him. And sometimes you, you'd expect to hear his name more than you do. Oh, some of that's just been, you know, with, especially with Bajan, they do want to run the ball. You know, they want to be a running football team as much as possible. And, you know, obviously you have to pass to win football games, but as little as they've been able, they wanted to pass maybe as little as they could in a lot of these situations. And, you know, they've got to get Darnell Mooney more involved in the offense. The, the storyline all year is like, why haven't they gotten their weapons overall more involved in the offense for DJ Moore have a big game here. Darnell Mooney kind of had a big game here. Cole Komet had like a big game here, but you haven't really seen like a dynamic offense where all the different weapons are all getting involved. It's kind of like everyone has their little game here and there, but not collectively a, a well, you know, distributed offensive game plan where the defense doesn't have answers because three different guys are beating you all at the same time. No, it's like this guy is beating you this game. And if you can stop that, then you're probably going to be good. But teams, when the Bears have won, it's when teams have struggled to really stop that one guy beating them. All right, so how do the Bears win this game? How do the Lions win this game? We'll get some predictions in here as well. Coming up next right here on Locked on Lions and Locked on Bears, the Thursday crossover. But first, let's tell you about our friends at Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, both, of course, Lauren and his audience, me and my audience. We get fired up together on wins and losses and who starts and who sits. But let's talk about this connection that we have and give some advice to our listeners. We just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications with Jace Medical. You realize what that means. Bring on extended travel, bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can have to refill a generics for Cialis or, or Viagra or Revatio, any of those prescriptions. It's possible now because of our friends at Jace, J-A-S-E Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember, use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer at this day about Jace, quote, I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half just to have them. 
I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered the antibiotic kit. I feel secure now and prices are lower. I highly recommend this to everyone. End quote. That's awesome. So if you're someone you love, or if you, if you or someone you love, we'll get some peace of mind. I have in your supply of daily meds right there for you. Go to jacemedical.com. See if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. Lauren Cox, Locked On Bears. This is Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. Lions and Bears are going at it at Ford Field at 1 o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Noon Central, for those of you that are uh, in the Central time zone and are Bears fans, certainly. All right, Lauren, I don't know. I mean, asking you this, I, I, I could make a joke and say, how do the Lions win? Oh, they just show up. <laughs> because I don't think there's anybody that's going to pick the Bears here. But uh, like we said, last year, Fields went off on them at Soldier Field. The game in Detroit was kind of ugly. But how, how do the Bears pull the upset as a 10-point underdog? I don't know if you saw today, our friend uh, from Locked On Titans, Tyler Rowland, had put out a a graphic on how the Titans can win their game. The keys to victory were pray, assemble all seven Dragon Balls, <laughs> hope that Mercury is in retrograde. And I've, I've been feeling pretty similar about the Bears matchup this week against the Lions. Like, you're going to need you're gonna need a lot of help. And, and I mean, to be, to be serious in it, like, what it takes is very mistake-free football from the Chicago Bears. That's that's no turnovers. That's, pen, that's avoiding penalties that back you up and, and get you in longer down-distance situations. That's Justin Fields making a few heroic Justin Fields plays, and then that's that's your defense giving your extra a few giving your offenses a few extra chances via turnovers via a big stop on fourth down. We know Dan Campbell has been extremely aggressive going for fourth down this season, and if you know if you can stop him on those plays, it's like a turnover. I mean, it's literally they call it a turnover on downs. It's the same as a turnover for your defense, and if you can get some of those extra chances, you know, slow down this Lions running game a little bit and maybe try and get Jared Goff uncomfortable, let Montez sweat, have a big first divisional game. I mean, the Bears pass rush has been non-existent all season and we're still kind of waiting for sweat to really elevate things to the next level, but we saw glimpses of it against the Panthers. So, so maybe there's a chance of that, you know, continuing here against Detroit, but a much better offensive line this week. I'm not confident in the Bears' ability to rush the passer against Goff and to consistently stop the running game. I think they'll make the Lions earn those yards, but I don't think I don't think the Lions are going to run all over them, but I don't think they're going to shut it down either. I think it'll be enough for the Lions to generally kind of do what they want to do. The Bears will make some of their own mistakes, and that's where they kind of fall into the pitfalls. No, I'm with you on that, and uh, you know, I echo a lot of those sentiments. I think for the Lions, how they win is to get Fields in those second and third and longs, get the crowd really into it, and get him rattled. Um, he's still just not comfortable. Uh, I know now he's come back from injury, so there's going to be some rust there with him. But I, I think the Lions, if you if it's second and 12, it's third and 14, I think that defense will pin their ears back and try to get after him a little bit and, and, and get the crowd revved up. I think Aaron Glenn will send some people as well kind of has to because like we talked about earlier the Okwara brothers and Kaminsky and Pascal and these guys on the opposite side of Aiden Hutchinson on the other edge really the right edge uh, have not really been able to get to the quarterback but putting fields in those spots uh, you know defense getting after it on first down and causing second and third and longs I think will be in the in the Lions favor and like you said too Jared Goff was not touched this past week and that was Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack who I know you know very well so uh you know, if they continue to just protect golf and he gets into a good rhythm, especially at home, fast track at Ford Field, no no weather issues, Lions put up points at home. So I think those would be two, two ways that the Lions would win this game for sure is just, you know, getting the offense in a good rhythm um, and then kind of getting 
fields in that Bears offense to be, you know, putting those second and third longs. And also David Montgomery's got something to prove. Look, he says he has no ill will toward the Bears, but obviously Chicago kind of let him walk. And you know he wants to prove that uh, they made a mistake. Why not? Yeah, I, I I think you're 100% right. I think there were, like, he says no ill will, but, like, he he loved being here and wanted to be here. And I think maybe maybe he doesn't wish ill will on them, like, anyone individually, but it, he can he could want to prove something against them and not carry ill. You know, he could say, I have no ill will, but also still want to, like, show them that they made a mistake, right? It's like, oh, like, I don't I don't hold anything against my ex, but I do want to show my ex that I found someone better, right? I wouldn't oh, yeah. mind if they oh, yeah. knew things were going well for me. That wouldn't doesn't mean I have ill will against them. It's just like, hey, you know, you, you missed out on me. I'm not mad at you. I'm telling you that you should be mad that you missed out on me. So I definitely see some of that. And, and to your point about you know, the Lions pass rush trying to get Justin Fields uncomfortable, it's it's going to be Justin Fields with rust and an offensive line that's going to have some rust and some some shifting up front because Nate Davis, their right guard, is returning from injury. So he'll it'll be his first game back in three or four weeks. And then they're, they're guy was playing at right guard Tevin Jenkins he's bumping back to left guard which he started the season there but then moved over to right guard and is now back to left guard and was playing better on the right side than he was at the left side but should still be okay but it's an adjustment for him and then to be determined on who's going to start at center whether Lucas Patrick will who's their current starting center or whether they'll move Cody Whitehair from left guard back to center at that spot but Whitehair was having issues snapping the ball consistently to the point where he kind of got quietly benched and they said it wasn't a benching but it was a benching and put Lucas Patrick back in because the snapping was so inconsistent. So I, I don't know which guy they're going to start there, but it'll either be it'll either be a brand new left guard and a new center or a lesser center with a new left guard and a right guard coming off the bench with with some rust on there. Like it's not a it's not an offensive line that feels very you know set and established. They had been up to this point, but now getting healthier sort of disrupts that. So it's new quarterback, not new quarterback returning with new offensive line combination returning. And that's, there's going to be some, some reacclimating period there. And that's, that bodes well for the lions to try and find some pass rush. I don't know about you, Lauren, but I, I, I think the lions cover the 10 here. We're making predictions um, coming back home. Like I said, I think the defense wants to prove that what happened last week and, and giving up five straight possessions with touchdowns to end the game. And they didn't stop the Chargers from the second quarter on. There was no punting. There was no nothing. It was five touchdowns in a row. I think Aaron Glenn and the Lions have something to prove here to say, hey, look, you know, that that's not going to be us again. We're not giving up 38 points. Luckily, they scored 41. So I, I see this being about a 27-10 Lion final. I, I think being back home, and like I said, looking up and, and, and having the Packers for a short week after this for Thanksgiving, um, I think the Lions want to distance themselves a little bit from the Vikings, who've been such a surprise. I know you and me both. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm where I'm thinking. What about you? Yeah, I find myself in a similar deficit range. I, I was going to go 31-17. I think I got both teams scoring just a little bit more, but I can certainly see uh, a little bit more constipated offense from the Bears as they try and figure some things out here. But I, I, I think there'll be some flashes there and there's moments where it's like, oh, the Bears might be getting right back in this one because Fields makes a big play. And it's like, oh. There it is, and then you know it, it kind of falls apart from there. So I think generally the Lions will be in pretty good control. The Bears won't totally roll over and let them just you know beat up on them all game, but I think there'll be a very clear difference in the level of two teams that we're seeing on the field. Lauren, always good to see you, my friend. Uh, best of luck, and uh, have a good Friday show tomorrow. Hey, Matt, I, I'm glad that you guys are getting to experience the joys of, of victories. And we've done a lot of these crossovers <laughs> over the years where you're in my spot here of like, I don't we're three and seven and nothing's going well for us. So let's hope. And uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're get to be on the other, the other side of that for a little while. Three and seven bears, seven and two lions are coming up Sunday. Of course. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen, checking us out wherever you get your podcast, check out Lauren, of course, 
uh, and his Lockdown Lions, uh, Lockdown Bears at YouTube channel. Please uh, follow, subscribe, and watch for free on our Lockdown Lions YouTube channel as well. We're back again tomorrow on both Locked on Lions and Locked on Bears. This has been the Thursday crossover brought to you by Prize Picks.